Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like, to thank you all for tuning into the show. So, always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 103rd edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of NCAA basketball today, so we're about to just dive right into it. Uh, first thing we're about to do is we're about to touch on some of the conference tourneys um, that happened um, last week. So, first conference we're about to talk about is the SEC. Um, guys, just what did you think about that uh, conference tournament? Yeah, I guess uh, I'll start it off here. You know, just I think we kind of got what we sort of expected. Uh, I think even though Kentucky kind of had a shaky year, I still think everybody sees them as, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. Um, Just young, raw talent that Calipari always seems to kind of pull together in the end. Uh, It just kind of seems to be the story of his career in a lot of ways. But, uh, I mean, they played Tennessee for the final. Everyone knows Tennessee is a good team. Uh, ended up pulling out a three seed. Um, but, uh, you know, Kentucky winning the SEC tournament, I don't think any of us are surprised. I think we kind of said, you know, it was theirs to to go and win. Um, I think we all would agree they're probably the most talented team in the SEC. So uh, the fact that they won the tournament, they beat a good Tennessee team, really good win. Uh, I think it kind of solidified who Kentucky is going into the tournament. Uh, I think it's a team that can obviously get hot. Um, not Probably not going to go out and win the whole thing, but uh, definitely a team that can show a lot of promise, a lot of upside, uh, and they seem to uh, catch fire there in the SEC. Yeah, it was a needed uh, boost for them, I think, because uh, 24 and 10, not a bad record by any means, but this did seem like a down year for the Wildcats. Uh, it's kind of rough where you have to look at a team like that that continually has multiple freshmen uh, playing big roles, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you know the school to be. Uh, but I, I think it was a good uh, conference win. Uh, they beat a good team, like Ty said, and I think it was a good springboard uh, into the tournament for them. Okay, guys, uh, anything else to add for the SEC? Nope. All right. Uh, how about the Big East? Uh, had actually a pretty good final um, between them and Providence. Uh, you know, I think even though it ended up being about a 10 point victory for Villanova, uh, it was definitely a closer game than it appeared uh, from the final score. But uh, that was that would have been a big blow for Villanova. I still think they would have held on to a one seed, but uh, would have been definitely a big blow for them to lose that heading into the tournament, losing to a lesser Providence team, still a very talented Providence team. Um, I think they, they showed that they can definitely hang with some teams that, uh, that are very fundamentally sound that, uh, you know, teams that have some, you know, some decent size down low. I think they showed they can hang, they can board. Uh, but, um, I just think the story there is Villanova looking to, uh, come out, be strong and continue, um, you know, good tournament runs that we've seen from them in the last three to five years. Yeah, I mean, this was big for both teams. Uh, Providence, yeah, this game was in doubt basically up until this overtime happened, seeing Mm -hmm. as it went to overtime. Uh, Providence was making some big buckets, uh, made themselves look very good in this game. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, I think it was good to get tested like that by Villanova. So 
they'll be a little more battle tested come tournament time. Uh, I guess it could make them a little more beat up, but I, I think it'll be good for them uh, to see that you know everybody's going to be gunning for them. So mm-hmm. you know anything can happen. So they have to be on their best, and and they were. So props to them. Now, are you guys uh, pretty shocked when um, Providence got the win over Xavier? Uh, was you guys expecting that at all, or no? I was I was surprised by that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I would jump on board with that. You know, train of thought definitely. But you know, I think what we saw out of Providence in this little run they had in the Big East, I, I definitely think we saw that they could potentially win a game or two uh, in the tournament. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be scared to pick them in a first round matchup. Okay. Now, what about the ACC? Uh, real quick, um, this is talk about uh, my guy Grayson Allen. Real quick, uh, that body <laughs> check. Do, do y'all think he was dirty on that play or what? Absolutely. Yes. You think so? Clearly on purpose. If you don't think that was on purpose, you need to go to an eye doctor uh, or yeah. a psych, yeah, or a psych ward. He needs to start being called Ric Flair. That's the dirtiest player in the game <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely uh, dirty there. Stick the butt out. Make some contact. All right. Just had to make sure, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we got what we expected here. Uh, Virginia just been solid all year. Didn't do anything to wow you, but, um, you know, be a really good North Carolina team. Well, I kind of like you said about Kentucky, uh, you know, Kentucky had a good record, but still kind of viewed as a down year, kind of the same thing for North Carolina. And in my opinion, uh, good record, but wasn't a, a typical North Carolina team that we see, but, uh, still, I mean, you had, you have to beat them in the finals. So definitely a good conference win for Virginia. They're continuing the dominance. Uh, I think, uh, they're poised for the, for the tournament. Like I said, just they're they're so fundamentally sound, and it's what I always revert back to with them. They play good defense and they take care of the ball. So two uh, really good uh, ingredients for a recipe of a you know final four run. Yeah, uh, I mean they've they they showed that they're the number one team in the country. They did what they mm-hmm. needed to do. Uh, beat a uh, up and down North Carolina team, but you know, they they beat who was in front of them in the, in the conference championship game. And uh, they did it in their fashion. Uh, well, a little surprising actually. They put up seventy-one, which is you know they've been different. That's the difference about them this year. They can actually score with some teams, mm-hmm. uh, and and they needed a little bit more of that because North Carolina did get sixty-three on them, which is kind of high for uh, what Virginia oh, yeah. allows them to win. But uh, it showed that they're they're going to be really scary to play in this tournament. They're oh, yeah. pretty athletic. They still play good defense, but they can actually score this year. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add to that? Nope. No. All right. So now we're about to just get right into uh, March Madness uh, with the tournament about to happen. Um, guys, just what do you think on the um, overall rankings? Um, is there any teams uh, – I should think we're rated too high, rated too low, or anything like that. Um, just how do you think the committee did um, just with the ranking of teams? 
Uh, I mean, I, I it's hard to be mad or I mean, everybody's going to be mad about something with mm-hmm. with the rankings. Uh, I guess, like I, this is one of the years where I guess I'm a little bit more comfortable with everything. Uh, I I don't feel like anybody's just grossly overrated or underrated. Uh, I think I think it was reasonably slotted this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do think there are a couple teams that I think maybe uh, will catch some people by surprise just because they don't get a lot of national notoriety. Um, p- particularly, I look at a. Uh, you know, a team like Arkansas uh, doesn't get a lot of TV time. They picked up a seven seed, which I mean, for a power five conference team, a seven seed is actually a little low. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're seeing a team that, you know, there hasn't been a lot of talk about um, get a seven seed. You know, another team that doesn't get a lot of notoriety, um, mainly because of the conference they play in. But Seton Hall picked up an eight. I think they can be dangerous. Um you know, I think there's just some teams that I think you kind of need to keep your eye on, but I wouldn't necessarily say anybody got really misseated. Okay. Now, uh, just what about uh, your guys' squads um, and their region? Um, what are your thoughts just on that? Um, how do you guys think uh, Michigan and Michigan State affair uh, just with their rankings and their, their placement in their region? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go ahead and start. Michigan pulled the West region, uh, which I'm actually okay about because that means they don't play till later and I can watch them after work. (laughs) But, uh, you know, one thing I'm actually really okay with for for Michigan is I I believe that they pulled the worst one seed. Um, I think Xavier's the weakest of the one seeds. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more in depth once we get... um, once we get to some of the picks that we made, but uh, I actually don't even think Xavier will make the final eight, the elite eight. Um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I like the way Michigan matches up with a lot of teams in their region. Um, one team that I think sh- would scare me biggest for Michigan would definitely be North Carolina. And I think that showed earlier in a matchup. Now, granted that was at North Carolina, uh, I do like Michigan on neutral floors. Uh, I think they play very well on neutral floors. Um, North Carolina, you know, played a really good game when they played Michigan uh, the first time this season. So if Michigan were to get paired up with them, that would be a huge test. But uh, in terms of their region as a whole, uh, no one there exactly really scares me. Uh, I think you need to look out for Gonzaga, Ohio State, Xavier. Um, and then obviously North Carolina. So you're really looking at the top, you know, five seeds in that region that I think all could really do some damage. But uh, um, I don't think any of the names outside of North Carolina really scare you uh, in this region. But uh, definitely some, you know, some decent depth there. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on Michigan before I get to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm a Michigan fan, I actually pretty much love their draw. Yeah. Uh, like especially if you could get some help uh, with UNC, that that probably is the worst matchup for you guys. Just, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if we're, if we're just going off the tape from the last game, they oh, yeah. they had their way with Michigan 
a bit. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, Xavier's the weakest one seed, so that's one that they probably would be able to scheme their way to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have they have a path to get uh, deep into the tournament, and mm-hmm. and also even with UNC being their worst matchup, I don't think anybody's just like this is a great UNC team. No. They're capable. They're capable of putting up a dud where Michigan can get past them. So, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. so yeah. I mean, I hate their draw because it looks like they have such a clear path. But uh, <laughs> as a fan, I, I figure most most Michigan fans are super happy with it. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll I'll even tell you, kind of the buzz around a lot of it is get some help with North Carolina. A lot of people view, it, even if they have to see Xavier in the Elite Eight, a lot of people think you know Michigan matches up very well with Xavier. Mm-hmm. Um, stretch the floor. You know, Michigan can run. Just try to slow the game down a little bit, but they can run if they need to. But you know, Michigan. I don't want to say they take a Virginia approach because Virginia does it completely different. But Michigan likes that half court game, slow it down. Yeah. Um. And and I definitely think that's where that favors Michigan in the tournament because they they can control the tempo. Um. And I think if they were to see Xavier, uh, you know, I, I definitely think it would be a very well fought game. Well, uh, the matchups are very good. I think for both teams, uh, the only thing that concerns me about Michigan and it always does is size down low. And will they be able to rebound? Um, Mo Wagner's an undersized five in terms of, uh, his width, you know, he's, he's six, what, six, 10, six, 11, but he's not very broad. Um, he does get muscled around against some of the bigger bigs, but um, he's you your know. stereotypical European player. Yes. Usually. Yes. yes. You're Christoph Porzingis yeah. basically. But um, yeah, you know, just if Michigan can rebound, uh, play solid defense, like they, they have been really for the second half of the season and then just make some threes. Uh, you know, I have no problem seeing them, you know, easily sweet 16, possibly elite eight depends what happens with North Carolina down there. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, moving on to state, uh, I like that they're in Detroit. That yeah. helps. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. How well, real quick. Duke uh, and- how disappointed oh. uh, were you that you guys didn't get to Detroit? Uh, uh yeah. I mean, that is kind of a, a hot topic. Actually, a lot of people have been bringing that up. Um, I mean, would it be nice? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool that. Uh, I believe the last time Detroit had the first two rounds, both Michigan and state made it there, which was awesome. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, you're playing on a neutral floor. Uh, At the end of the day, your fan base is going to travel. Yes. If they were in Detroit, they'd have a bigger base there, but uh, based on getting a three seat, if you know, one three seed was going to get there. Uh, I mean, it was going to be Michigan state. Uh, I have no problem with that. They get the, you know, Michigan state basketball just gets more national attention. They get a little more love nationally, which is totally fine. I have no problem with it. Uh, history gives you that uh, previous postseason, <clears throat> you know, strength gives you that. So uh, I'm okay with it. And like Darnell said, with, with the draw that Michigan just ended up with that West region, uh, I'm actually not not too mad about it because, I mean, I would much rather see Xavier, North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Ohio State than uh, Kentucky, Duke, Auburn, 
Clemson. I, w- I would just much rather see the teams Michigan drew. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a good consolation prize. Like, I get it. Yeah. Some Michigan fans were pissed that they didn't get to get to be in Detroit, so it, it would be local and they'd have that home crowd. But but uh, you definitely take that draw over mm-hmm. what, what Sparty got. So, oh, yeah. yeah. See, and I mean, Duke, I do want that rematch to see if they can turn the outcome. But right after that, to most likely be playing Kansas after that, it's like, oh, God, that just that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> especially with how also State is one of those iffy teams. They're good enough to beat anybody, but are they going to mm-hmm. play that way? So mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to get a little bit better of a draw. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm I'm praying for some help. Like maybe a, a Auburn gets hot and upset upsets Kansas or something like that to give us a better matchup. Can, or can, Kansas is known for it. Yeah, exactly. I'll so tell you that. You know, hoping for a, a Bill self destruction, if you will, <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know Oklahoma probably shouldn't be in the tournament. Going back a couple time uh, things, they that's probably the one that did get in that shouldn't. But yeah. They, yeah, maybe. they would be the one. Yeah, uh, but maybe maybe Trey Young goes back in the midseason season form and puts him on his back for mm-hmm. a game or two and can do something with Duke. I mean, I, I would like us to beat him, beat Duke, just so you know we can get that nice. Shashevsky monkey off our back. But hmm. you know, it is what it is. But yes, our I like being in Detroit, but this draw is brutal for us. Yeah, you know, in the way I kind of view that is it's great to be in Detroit, but you're in Detroit for the wrong two games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you could have gotten Detroit for an Elite Eight uh, or Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a lot better. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll agree with you, though, Darnell, just tough region. Um, I think Auburn is better than people think they are. I even think Clemson's a little better than people think they are. Um if they get Kentucky, uh, or sorry, if they get Kansas, uh, definitely could be interesting for uh, you know both Clemson and Auburn. Grant, and that you know we're, we're assuming that all these teams are getting to face you know the one seed here, but um, you know just uh, Kansas has just able scores. One of their best defenders might be out for a game or two, so it could get a little dicey for them, uh, but. I had it would just worry me having to see Duke here. Um, I I've liked this Duke team all year, but I don't know. Duke, Kansas, just known for bowing out a little early some years, especially when they've you know looked pretty good. So, um, I, I definitely think you know Michigan State wants that quote unquote revenge game on on Duke, but a part of me just thinks Duke's you know Duke's really good, but you know, is Michigan State finally going to show us what they can be? And just, I, I think this region would probably be the most unpredictable of the regions, just because I think, you know, we haven't seen a really good Michigan State this year. We've seen a good Duke, but they've been inconsistent. And then Kansas is always Kansas in the tournament. So I think this is the region that has the most question marks around it. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think it's the toughest region? Like you said, unpredictable. But um, is there a region that you think is uh, more competitive than it? I think the I think the South region's pretty good as well. Um, okay. I if I had to rank them, I would probably put um, 
I think the depth in the South region is a little bit better. So I'd probably go South region one, Midwest two, East three, West four. Um, I just really like the depth in that South region to put them as the toughest. <laughs> yeah. Midwest is, it, it's kind of top heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like all of the top four ranked teams will probably easily win their matchups, but just late in the tourney, that's where mm-hmm. it's going to look rough. Okay. All right, guys, uh, for the first round, um, what games are going to be, uh, have your most interest, uh, to check out? Uh, from looking at the tournament for me, like I, I want to see that Kentucky Davison matchup, mm-hmm. uh, Miami and Loyola, uh, we were Ooh, talking yeah. a little bit before we started. Uh, I, I, I think Loyola might be one of those little surprise teams, only for the first round or so, but I, I think they mm-hmm. might be able to sneak in and do some things. Uh, and then <clears throat> I was also looking at at that uh, Houston-San Diego State game. I, mm-hmm. I think we might get a is, – is Fisher still there at San Diego State? I don't, I don't even know. I'll look it up. But if so, that that might be a cool little second round matchup. If if they do business, uh, nope, they got no, Brian. Yeah, Brian Dutcher. Okay. Never mind. But they still might, you know. Yeah, but Brian Brian Dutcher was still with Michigan under Fisher. Yeah, that's true. So, so you yeah, still I mean, might have the connection. that connection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think a couple. F- first round matchups that I really like. I'm actually very into every single one of the seven, 10 matchups looking at Nevada, Texas, Arkansas, Butler, uh, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, and uh, Texas A&M Providence. I'm into every single one of those because I think every one of those 10 seeds has the ability to win. Um, I just really like all those ones. They intrigue me right away. Um, I think Darnell hit a few that I'm really going to be looking forward to Kentucky Davidson. Uh, Let's see here. Another one he said was Houston, San Diego State. I think those are just going to be really fun ones. I think Missouri is going to be an interesting uh, game with Florida State just because we don't really know what Missouri is since they've gotten uh, Porter back. Uh, just what are they going to be able to do? How are they going to look? Um, they've played, what, one game with him back too, maybe? But yeah, uh, should, should. And then uh, if I had to pick one more, it'd probably be uh, you know one of those other eight nines, probably Virginia Tech, Alabama. See if Colin Sexton can continue to bring the heat and uh, lead Alabama to a first round. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else uh, to add for the games before we get into our picks? Yeah, no. we can hit the picks. All right. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, who wants to go first uh, with the final four? Oh, final four. So, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and at least preface it. I fill out multiple brackets every year. Uh, di- different <laughs> final fours. I, I just do. Um, so different final fours, but I am going to go with the one that I have for um, for our bracket. I will use that one here. How many um, you fill out? Uh, as of right now, I have I only have four. Oh, okay. That's really all I got. So I I don't go too crazy with it, but I'll, I'll at least touch on. Uh, you got I'll talk one about with the Michigan one, winning it all, right? Every year. Okay. Every year. All 
hey, because if it happens, I want to say I picked it. So <laughs> don't don't say anything about it. Uh, that's anyway. why I went homerific in this one. Uh, yeah. Just to... Yeah. So, you know, I um, I'll at least touch on a more serious note for the one that I did for us. Um, I filled it out very seriously. Um, the final four I have is Virginia coming out of the South, Michigan coming out of the West, mm. Duke out of the Midwest and Purdue out of the East. Mm. So only one, one seed. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go a little further and get my final and champion? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, in the final, I have Virginia and Duke. With Virginia winning it all. Okay. Yeah, mine's a little more chalkish. Um, mm. I went with, I, I did have Xavier coming out. I do think that they can work this out for the uh, for their side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have UNC coming out, and then I have Kansas and State, uh, and then in the final I have. Oh, state. Can't, you can't you can't have Kansas and oh, no, state no, in the final. I can't. I have. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at this on the web browser, and it looks all weird for. Me. Okay, I have UVA, Xavier, yep. Villanova, and State. Villanova. Okay, so yeah, one, Ooh. two, one, three. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I I have State over Villanova, UVA over Xavier, and you know. V- UVA is kind of Michigan State's whipping boy as far as the tournament goes. So I, I think Izzo just kind of has their number. So State over Virginia, 68-62, low-scoring affair. Hmm. Oh, yeah, for, for mine, yeah, I have uh, as a score uh, 64-57 as a final. So uh, low. <laughs> All right. Okay, for me, I have uh, Virginia versus Xavier. So one and one. And then I have um, Villanova versus Duke. And for the championship, I have Virginia beating Villanova 79 to 73. Uh, 79 to 73. I wow. Think, I think so. I think Whoa. Uh, Virginia, man, you know, a lot of people have been uh, kind of iffy on their offense, man, but I think they're going to show up. I don't know if they've scored 79 points in the last four years. <laughs> I think they're going to, I think they're going to show up, man. <laughs> So, uh, either way, I got them uh, winning that one. Yeah. Did uh, did you guys fill out any other brackets <laughs> by chance? Yeah, I've, I've done three so far. Okay. Do you have any any ones where you're just like, it could happen, so I'm just going to fill it out in case it does? Or, uh, I mean, that was the one I did with uh, Michigan and Michigan State round three in the that'd in be the fun title game. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I haven't filled out one of those, but I um I definitely have a couple that would probably be deemed a little out there. Uh maybe not too bad, but like for one, the one I have Michigan winning it all in. I have uh, Arizona uh, making the final four, Michigan, Purdue and Duke. Uh, and then I have Michigan beating Purdue in the final. Uh, uh around 3 there or technically around 4 there. Um but then in another one where I'm in it with uh, one of my fantasy football groups, um, just because I feel like everybody's going to be picking, you know, 
couple of the same teams. And if you want to win it, you have to make different picks. I have uh, Cincinnati versus Michigan in the final four and Villanova versus Duke with Cincinnati beating Duke. Hmm. Oh, wow. I don't know. I, I just think Cincinnati plays tough. I think they hustle very hard. They play pretty solid. And this is actually one of their better teams in recent years. Yeah. Um, and and they're they they're usually you know you know pretty decent Sweet Sixteen team. But you know I, I think if if they get a little help with from Arizona beating Virginia, I think they can match up well with Arizona. It'd be fast. It'd be high scoring. And I think that's a game Cincinnati wants to play. Um, they love to be athletic. Um, but that would that would be my way out there bracket. Okay. Cincinnati winning the whole thing. Yeah. Plus, I don't think anybody else will pick Cincinnati, and if it happens, then I'll win that bracket. So, I have one where I got them going to like the elite eight. I think that's the highest I got them going. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I, older than I'm older than you guys, so I recall them just being that one team that was always super talented and always lost oh, in like yeah. the second round for some reason. Was so that back in the Bobby Huggins days, yeah, like Kenny <laughs> yeah. Martin being on the team. Oh, or, yeah. like, those days and it's like they always had a solid team through the regular season but come tournament time do not pick them yeah yeah that's how it is with kansas these days yeah (laughs) all right guys this is also to add um you know they call this march madness for a reason uh crazy upsets can happen um did you guys have like any major upsets Oh yeah. The first, okay. Like. Oh, guys, not not in the. I wouldn't say the first, but okay. I mentioned well, earlier. Just, uh, yeah, just yeah. share if you got. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have every single ten seed winning. Um, their first round matchup. Okay. Uh, and then I have Providence going one more and beating North Carolina. Oh wow! Mm. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where Michigan gets their help. Yeah. Is from Providence. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have Providence, and I also have Ohio State beating Xavier. Okay. Ohio State beating Xavier. Okay. Yeah, I have that Providence win, and like I said, Loyola. I I mm-hmm. think they might be a little bit of a surprise in the first round. Okay. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add uh, for March Madness before we uh, move on? Well, just uh, do you guys feel as if there are any players? Um, you know, since it's being March Madness, uh, this is really like a chance for them to uh, really prove themselves. Uh, if they like, if you felt like they've been uh, kind of disappointing a little bit from through the year, or anything, or I don't want to say disappointing, but I think it's the time for Trey Young to solidify himself. Okay, win win a first round matchup, play really well against Duke. If Duke beats Iona, <laughs> yeah. uh, if he if he can put up, you know, a combined seventy. 75 plus points who knows yeah i did see uh i did see an article that was a bold prediction and for for the tournament and it was going to be uh one guy said trey young will put up 40 plus points in a loss to duke Hmm. so that that would help the draft stock yeah it would yeah Yeah, so i I think trey a lot eyes are going to be on him because it's going to be you know did oklahoma deserve to get in uh, how are they going to perform? How's Trey Young going to look? I think it's a good time for him to really set himself apart as well as uh, DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. If they can make a run, he's already looking like he's going to be the number one pick. But, uh, I mean, he can just kind of build his Arizona legacy. Okay. Uh, 
Do you think we've seen the best of bridges yet, Darnell? Or I hope not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we have, then that's not a good thing. Yeah. That's true. All right. Yeah, I think Bridges can prove a lot here, too. He can only help his stock. I don't think he can hurt it, but I, he can only help it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're about to switch over to some NFL now. Uh, has some crazy ads and uh, releases uh, happening uh, so far. Um, first, we've got to touch homebound uh, home with uh, Eric Ebron. Uh, the Lions decided to release him. Um just what are your thoughts about them releasing Ebron, guys? It's a good move for both sides, honestly. Uh, he's been just every fan's whipping boy uh, <laughs> with the drops and all of that. It was just a bad marriage from the start. Uh, being in Detroit, we're always suspicious of first-round picks. And when the first thing that every analyst said was he's super athletic and make most plays, but yeah. he drops the ball a lot. Everybody was like, Oh God, sweet. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he lived up to that. Mm-hmm. And if it was a tight game or if it was a big play and the ball was flying to him, you could expect it to go through his hands or him not to pull it in. And <laughs> he, he is a talented kid. He, he has to fix that, but it, it was just not a good, thing to put him at, here as a number one tight end maybe he'll fit in somewhere where he can be a number two type tight end the opposite side of somebody else that's a little better uh that could probably work out for him but yeah it is something that needed to be done yeah i just kind of wonder what kind of a contract he was looking for um the only reason i say that is because i don't yes he has drops yes you know probably wasn't going to be around a lot longer, but with Jimmy Graham now off the market, who are they going to go get? Yeah. Unless they're looking to draft this kid out of Penn state <laughs> with their yeah. first round pick. Well, I hope not that again. No, <laughs> yeah, it would be correct. But I'm saying, unless that's the plan, I don't want to necessarily say that there was no benefit to dropping a but I don't see a lot of benefit to dropping him other than the fact that he's no longer your headache. Yeah. Um, there's just nobody else out there. I mean, unless there's something we don't know. Um, I, I, I just don't, I mean, great for Ebron, but also terrible for Ebron because no one was willing to trade for him. I mean, someone will sign him, but probably not for a desirable contract. So he'll end up with somebody who's paying him probably what he deserves. And he, just is going to be somebody else's headache now. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to be curious to see what the Lions do uh, going forward. I mean, the, the, there wasn't really a backup plan to him. They drafted a uh, tight end last year out of Toledo, but the dude only saw, like, I don't even think I even remember his name being called during a game. <laughs> so I'll just be interested to see what the Lions uh, plan with it. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, what about next uh, with Tyron Matthew, um, Honey Badger? Uh, the Cardinals decided to release him. Uh, just what are your thoughts on that? And is there any team uh, you could see him uh, being a good fit for? I mean, it, this just seems to be the season where people are getting let go. Uh, 
Matthew, he's been up and down. He's shown some promise, but I mean, I don't think he'll ever be what he was at LSU. Just receivers are too big, basically. Uh, I think he'd work well in, an, in some type of aggressive defense where he's not. I hope he's still not looking to be the star of somebody's defense or anything like that. But like maybe a Minnesota or uh, or Philly, a team with a with an aggressive D like that. I think he could work well. Yeah, you know, I I even think. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of tough because he's he's pretty decent in man to man. You know, I want to say he could fit in with the whole mantra of Seattle. Um, I don't know if he'd necessarily fit the system or not, but, um, you know, it's just going to boil down to who wants to pay him because, I mean, that's why he's being released. He wouldn't take a pay cut. Um, And I don't know really who out there is in the market for sign up, you know, big free agent safety, but somebody out there will probably give him something and. Uh, he'll be able to go with it that way, but I mean, I, I just think that he he'll need to fit a you know a team's culture probably a little more than he'll need to fit the quote unquote system because uh, you know he he loves to play you know with that attitude with that chip on his shoulder, so uh, you know I think that's kind of where he'll be the fit. Okay. Now, what about Sam Bradford? Uh, saying that he wants to go to the Cardinals. Um, just thoughts on him. I'm, I'm all right with it. I mean, he's probably going to be the starter unless he either hurts himself again or a miracle happens for somebody else. But, you know, he'll probably be the starter. He'll have uh, Larry Fitzgerald to throw to for at least one more year. Um, you know, I, I think it's a very capable offense. David Johnson should be coming back. Uh so it's a, it's a decent fit for Bradford. I mean, he'll be really good for Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Fitzgerald doesn't need the long ball. He just needs quantity. You just got to force feed him, yeah. uh, give him those mid-range throws, and that's something Bradford's more than capable of doing. So, I mean, I actually kind of like the fit there. Um, I think that offense will still kind of revolve around what David Johnson's going to be able to do post-injury. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like. Yeah, I actually think that's a solid fit, uh, especially for a team that needs a quarterback that's not right at the top of the draft uh, Mm -hmm. with everybody else. I mean, you can take a flyer on whatever's left outside of the quarterback class, but you can't guarantee that somebody you'll be able to start Mm -hmm. day one. Uh, Bradford could be that good stopgap for them if they want to try to draft their quarterback of the future and groom him uh, Mm -hmm. and just let, let Bradford do what needs to be done with with that team for now. Uh, he, he's a steady quarterback when he's healthy. Uh, he did good things with the Vikings, so yeah, definitely not a not a bad pickup if if the, if they do that. Okay, up next we have Danny uh, Amendola. Uh, what do you guys thoughts on him? Um, not signing with the Patriots. Yeah, a little surprising that he's going to be leaving the Patriots uh, only because, um, you know, it's he, he fit their system, you know, that kind of three slot receiver kind of thing and, you yeah. know, kind of chunk it down the field. But, you know, he's going to uh, looks like uh, Miami. Uh, 
I mean, I'm sorry. You're, you're not going to find much better than having Tom Brady throw you the ball. So, yeah. it, I mean, if you're leaving that, you're kind of downgrading yourself. But I also get it if a team's looking to move on. Sometimes you just need to do what's best for both you know, both parties. If a team doesn't really want you anymore, sometimes you're just better off leaving. And we don't know the full situation there. So, um, yeah. I mean, best to Danny Amendola. Hope he can stay healthy still. Uh, he did a pretty decent job of that last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Going to Miami, it just builds depth. He's not going to replace Jarvis Landry, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, Miami's you know finding themselves sliding down in the AFC. Yeah, uh, pretty much in line with that. I probably feel like this was more of a Patriots decision not to mm-hmm. re-sign him, more so than he decided to look elsewhere. Uh, we all know the rap on on him. He doesn't usually stay healthy uh but when he is he's very serviceable a solid receiver but you know the the patriots are pretty much a cold-blooded organization once they feel you no longer are worth worth it enough to them they're they're done and i feel like this was probably it yeah i i pretty much yeah i can agree with that man i'm uh really interested to see his numbers um uh, after this, because, you know, like you said, Ty, he fit that Patriot system perfectly. So um, with him and Brady, man, uh, him getting us a good amount of yards and touchdowns and stuff off of that. Um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what his stats will be like, because I definitely uh, believe that he's going to have a down year after that. I don't really see the numbers being just as good uh, just because that Patriot system was so perfect with him. but. Now, up next, uh, we have Malcolm Butler. Uh, he decided to go to the um, Tennessee Titans. Um, just what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you guys think also perhaps uh, with him not playing in a Super Bowl, you think that had a major um, played a major role in his decision not to come back to yes. the Patriots? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have been shocked if he stayed. To be quite honest, that's going to leave a sour taste in anybody's mouth. Uh, so the fact that he went elsewhere, not surprised. Um, I mean, Malcolm Butler was one of the bigger cornerbacks in terms of free agency. But, um, yeah, just not surprised he went elsewhere. Um, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, uh, definitely has something to do with the Super Bowl. Uh, that's that just seems like that's just something you can't get over. And plus soon after everybody's trying to state their case, even him uh, on it. So yeah, this, he had to go elsewhere. There, there was no fixing that. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, up next, we have Richard Sherman um, decided to kick it with the 49ers. Um, was talk with him. Uh, the Lions were interested in uh, having a discussion with him, uh, but decided to go to the 49ers. Um, what do you guys think about him and 49ers? It could be good. Uh, the Niners definitely looked a lot better at the end of the year with Garoppolo heading the team up. Uh, I think they would still need to make some other moves to shore up that defense, but that's a good veteran. Uh, as far as just kind of leading that group, he's a smart player. He he knows what to do as far as 
being in the right spots, he has a lot that he could probably teach players. I think that could work out well. But, I mean, the funny thing to me is that it's clearly like a revenge tactic since he's staying in the Seahawks division. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he even, he even came out and clearly stated, you know, this is yeah. a revenge thing, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, veteran guy, knows how to play, can bring a defense along. Uh, I'll be interested to see what, uh, you know, what he looks like post-injury. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, very capable, capable cornerback. I am happy the Lions avoided him. Uh, once again, I think we had that discussion last week. You know, he's just a – he didn't see a lot of number one receivers, a uh, very systemed guy. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be mad that their team has him. Yeah. Uh, did you guys feel uh, perhaps with Sherman he – probably sound a little too quick. Uh, you think like maybe should have waited a little bit to see like other offers and stuff. I kind of felt like it was kind of like just quick how he uh, just went with the 49ers and stuff. Yeah, it was quick, but you know, he said that revenge thing you yeah, know, dude, playing yeah. a big role for him. So if there's going to be a team in that division that's going to offer you a contract, take it. If if that's what you really want, if you want to play against the Seahawks, then got to be against, got to be with the team that's going to see him twice a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think he jumped the gun too much, but, you know, mm-hmm. I guess whatever was on his heart, he needed to do. That's, that's on him. But yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. would have gotten some offers going back and forth from teams so you can mm-hmm. yeah. actually get what you're worth. Yeah. But he he mm-hmm. went after what he what he felt he needed to do. So, I mean, that's on him. Hopefully he's still he's happy with the money he made. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh close this out, man. We got to talk about Darnell's Michigan State guy, uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, uh, what was the team he was? Um, the Vikings. The Vikings, that's right. Yep, the Vikings. Um, what do you guys discuss about him uh, going to the Vikings? I think it's a really good fit. He goes into a situation where hopefully he should have a Pro Bowl caliber running back coming back with Dalvin Cook and two really good wide outs mm-hmm. uh, on either side uh, and, and a good uh, tight end with Kyle Rudolph. So, uh, and, and a top five defense. I don't think yeah. he could have asked for more. Uh, like, and, you know, this division is not terrifying. Uh, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, but they're not, I don't think they're world killers or anything like that. And Chicago's terrible and we don't know what the Lions are. So, I think he put himself in a good situation to mm-hmm. uh, have a road to trying to get himself a, a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think, you know, the addition of Kirk Cousins definitely makes the NFC North in the top three. I, I, I would boldly say in the top three tough div- toughest divisions um, in the entire NFL. Um, I think based on the quarterback play, uh, based on just kind of the overall of the team's competitiveness, uh, I, I definitely think the NFC North is turning into a gauntlet, um, especially if Trubisky could continue to progress. Uh, I actually don't think the Bears are a bad team. They just kind of need to find an identity. Um, so, you know, I think Cousins going there, definitely a, a win-now ready team. Uh, it's just the idea that for me, you know, you're you're walking into a tough division, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I do think that, you know, 
Vikings are complete. Uh, they're ready to go, uh, ready to fire. I'm a little shocked that they moved on from Case Keenum, uh, considering what he did last year. And, you know, I, I'm a little surprised by it. But if you can get Kirk Cousins, I understand. All right, guys. Um, anything else to uh, add, whether NFL, NCAA basketball, before we close this out? Nope. Got my two days off starting tomorrow, so I'm going to be posted up watching ball. There you go. All right. There you go. Uh, just for me, man, uh, we didn't really talk much. Um, we didn't talk about it at all, but um, NBA, um, that West, uh, kind of Western Conference is looking – pretty ridiculous right now with the potential teams that could be out. Uh, Spurs could possibly end up not making it to the playoffs, uh, which yeah. would, you know, be a shocker if somebody would have said that uh, before the season started. But um, it's just crazy, man. Our West is always competitive. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything will play out uh, for them um, in terms of just the NBA. So check that out mm-hmm. as well. But all right, guys, um, as always, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, we should pop up. Um, also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys on there. But um, till then, man, we're going to check out some uh, Marsh Madness, see how everything's going to play out in this tournament. Um, hopefully we won't have to destroy those brackets uh, too soon. <laughs> so uh, we'll just have to check and see, man. But until then, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>